Good morning. Um, can everyone hear me okay? I, I apologize. If it, during the, the message I somehow stare off blankly or if I lose my place, I'm very tired this morning. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to be here uh, this morning to be able to, to teach. It's something that I've, I've enjoyed doing. And since I'm up here teaching, that can only mean one thing. My wife is working and she's not here. Um, it's become a pattern. I try not to take it personally, but um, <laughs> it's, it seems to be a pattern for us. Um, no, Callie and I, we, we both, we love traveling. That's, that's one of the, the passions that we both have. And uh, if any of you know Callie well, you know she really, really loves traveling, more so than I. Um, she has Instagrams where she's following, you know, all these different, you know, travel uh, people that just, this is what they do. They go around traveling to all these wonderful, beautiful places. He just looks at her, oh, we need to do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah I wish. Um, but, you know... We, we, we said early on uh, in our marriage, like, like we've, been, we've only been married like three and a half years early on. It's still early on. Um, but soon after we got married, we, we decided like, well, before we, we have kids, we want to, to you know, take a, a big trip for us, you know, because when we have kids, uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be harder. It's just the reality of having kids. Kids are a blessing, but they, they can, they can kind of change plans a little bit. Um, and so I said, yes, I agree to that. And for those of you young men who are about to get married or will be married, that is a trap. It's a good trap. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a great thing to do. But I'll tell you right now, um, we, we still have no kids, and she still wants to take these big trips. So if you take one good trip, does not mean that's going to wipe that away. Oh, I'm satisfied until we have kids. Uh, but, but no, she, I said, yes, let, let's go. Let's, let's take a trip. Uh, I'll let you plan it. I'll just, I'll just come along. I'll contribute. You know, I'll, I'll help pay for it. We'll just have a good time. And uh, she says, okay, I really want to go to Switzerland. I'm like, well, you used to swing for the fences, you know. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I was thinking like, oh, maybe Disney World or something, you know. Um, no, no, I, I, was, I was excited too. But, um, but yeah, no, she did a great job. And uh, the thing about traveling, um, I love to experience the culture. And a lot of the ways that I experience the culture is uh, from, through their food. Um, I love the food, and I always, always want to be respectful, uh, obviously, when I'm going to, to a different country, you know. Um, I had a high school teacher um, tell me that, you know, he, he was a, um, a, a veteran, and he traveled different places, and he's like, never be the, what he called the ugly American, that's the one that walks in, doesn't try to, you know, like, communicate cordially in their language, just expects everyone to speak English, and Kind of can be rude, so don't be that guy. So I, I did not want to be that guy. And Switzerland has, I think, three different languages that are spoken, maybe more. I think it's uh, German, Italian, and French, depending on how close to the borders uh, you are. So where we were going to predominantly be uh, was mainly the German-speaking areas. So I was like, all right, I'm not learning German fluently enough to be over there and just, you know, do whatever I want, strike up conversations, but I want to know enough to where I can be like, listen, at least communicate, hey, I, I appreciate your culture, uh, and I, I want to, to be able to communicate with you, but I'm just terrible at your language, and I'm sorry. So I, I learned at least a, a one phrase. Uh, let's see if I can, hopefully I won't butcher it. It's been a while since I've tried it. It's like, hello, wie geht's? My name is David. Du sprichst the English. Mein Deutsch ist schlecht. And that roughly means, hello, how are you? My name is David. Uh, do you speak English? My German is terrible. Uh, 
Um, and I picked up a few, few other things, you know, like Bonhoeff, train station, all this kind of stuff. Um, so anyways, I, I wanted to at least uh, be respectful, you know. And one of our, at least, no, I'll take this back. We both enjoyed this certain town. It's a little town called Lauterbrunnen, and it's just in the Alps. Like, you're surrounded by mountains all around you. Um, it's beautiful. And I, right away, it became one of my favorite places the entire trip. And we were walking through uh, a town. We saw a little shop, and there's a, in the window there, there was, like, uh, a poster, or not a poster, a cutout of uh, the actor Viggo Mortensen. I can't pronounce The guy who plays uh, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. I loved Lord of the Rings. Like, it, I, I read the books before I knew there was going to be, you know, feature films made. I was, I was into Lord of the Rings before. It was cool to be in Lord of the Rings, you know. Um, but anyways, it's probably not cool to be in Lord of the Rings now. Um, but anyway, so I saw that, and I started reading the sign, and apparently J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of the books, would love to come to Lauterbrunnen. And he actually used the, the scenery and everything around him to inspire uh, you know, just some of the, the, the places in Middle Earth that he created, like Rivendell, Gondor. So this took this city up a notch for me because I'm able to look around. It's like this is the exact scenes that the author saw when he was creating this, this world that I love, you know. And so it became awesome. Anyway, that's kind of a side story in the story. But um, we, were, we were going to, to dinner one night, and I, and I don't know if you're traveling the highlight, like the pinnacle of, you know, like trying to blend in is someone thinks you're local, you know. That's like, oh, you, you just hit a hole in one with that. So we're traveling uh, or walking up to a, a restaurant from where we were staying in Lauterbrunnen. And, um, <laughs> and this, this car drives by and they stop, these two older ladies. They, they roll down the window. I, I look over and they start speaking German to me. And all I understand, the only word I understand is Bonhoeff. And it's the station that's in there. They want to know where to get to the station. And so I, I like, oh, they I'm excited because, one, they think I'm local. They think I'm German. So I'm getting excited. And I'm like, oh, I can use my phrase. I get to use what I learned. And before I get, I'm, and I'm setting it up, I'm like about ready to say it. Callie decides to jump in and be like, we're Americans. And I'm like, oh. I love her to death, but I was, I was that moment, she took that moment away from me. No, but we, we enjoyed it. And that, I, I wanted to share that story because I just wanted to. It has no relevance on the, the message today whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but uh, this morning, uh, let's see, is the, yeah, that, that, the title of the, the message is Iron Sharpens Iron. And I know this is the, the, the verse that everyone you know, immediately thinks of everyone, most everyone knows it, you know, as, as uh, iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpens another. It's the verse that they love to use for men's conference. It's just, it's the go-to verse. And I don't want to give off the impression this morning that this is, this is catered towards the men this morning. This, this is not. So, so ladies, I'm not trying to, to exclude you at all on this. This is for everyone. Um, but I, I think that, that everyone understands the premise of this verse, but I think the how iron sharpens iron is where we get it wrong, and or we have a misunderstanding, and I think in that kind of prevents us from being able to really 
challenge one another. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over real quickly to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. And I've shared this verse before. But it says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that church may be built up. Now, um, this verse is just, just trying to give order in a service, what it should look like. Um, and what this verse is, is showing what, what a normal service should look like, essentially. Uh, a norm, our normal should be, we come together, each of us, every one of us in here, either has a hymn or a word of instruction, uh, a revelation or a tongue or interpretation. Everything, everyone brings something. That should be the expectation. I don't, I don't always have something to bring. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I just don't. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't exclude me from this verse. Every time I come in, I should have something to bring. Because the reason we do all this, as it says at the end of the verse, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. All right? So... I understand. I don't. I don't want to to make it sound like if you're not bringing something, you're 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 wrong. That's not. Please don't hear that this morning. Because I understand there's there are certainly times where you need to be poured into. There's just times that you need to be poured into. You can't really pour into someone because circumstances, whatever. I get that, but. Nine times out of ten, when I don't have something to bring, it's not because I'm needing to be poured into. Um, I think some of the things that, that we can take from this verse, obviously we've already talked about, everyone has something to bring. We should come on a Sunday morning with the expectation of being used uh, because we've already been asking God during the week, hey, what is it that I can bring? How can I, how can I help build up the church? What, is, what does that look like for me this Sunday? Um, like I said, I, I'm just as guilty as anyone of, of not doing that. Um, and, and to be honest, it's because I'm not, I'm not setting that expectation leading up to Sunday morning. Uh, the other thing is, uh, as we said, the reason everyone brings something is to build up the church. Now, I'm not saying that when we come together, the purpose or the reason that we're coming together is not to worship God. Or to, or to learn more about him. I'm not trying to, to take that away at all. But one of the main reasons we come together is to build up the church, all right? I mean, that, that's one of the things that, that Christ actually emphasized before he ascended. When he, after the cross, one of the things he emphasized to his disciples, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. And... And if what Christ wants is for us to take care of each other, that should be really important to each and every one of us. Now, building one, one another up, that also involves worshiping and learning more about God. The, the two, a lot of times, will go hand in hand. But if we come in on a Sunday morning and just like, okay, I'm here to worship and to learn about God, we're missing out on the point of these meetings. That, those are, that is important. Please, please hear me. I'm not saying that, that that's not important. That's not part of why we're here. But the reason we come together is to build up his church, is to take care of his bride. 
Because one of, one of uh, the things that, uh, again, Jesus said was, feed my sheep. Um, I think, you know, we're talking about iron and sharpening iron and, and challenging one another. As the verse <laughs> says up there, um, that's actually one of the first things that Christ did in his ministry. Um, he gathered disciples around him. I was actually reading um, the different different uh, books in the Gospels of how he called his, his first disciples, mainly Simon and Andrew were the first two. Um, I've never actually read one book's version, then the other, then the other, then the other, back to back. Um, I've read them separately, but every, every, uh, every book actually has a different twist or a different view on the same exact moment. Like, for instance, uh, in Matthew, Jesus just walks up to Simon, who's uh, Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and says, hey, follow me, I'll make you fisher of men. They say, all right, let's go, let's do it. So it gives the impression that, that Jesus didn't know them at all. It's almost like he was just walking up to strangers, like, hey, you, come follow me. And they're like, all right, you know, whatever, drop, drop my job, quit my job, follow you. And then Mark has a pretty similar view as Matthew's, as, as far as that encounter. Now, Luke has a very different view because Luke starts out that uh, Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. He heals Peter's mother-in-law before he even called them. So it, it shows that Jesus had relationship with these guys, or at least he knew them. They, he wasn't strangers to these, these men. And then uh, days passed or weeks, it doesn't really say clearly, but just says, and then Jesus sees Simon and Andrew, they're, they're fishing. And he tells them, hey, throw your nets out on the other side. We've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything, but, you know, we'll do it. And they end up catching a ton of fish, you know. And then he says, hey, you know, follow me. I'll make you fishermen. And they, they follow him. And John, the book of John, has no mention whatsoever of the boat. I mean, but anyway, all that being said, Christ very quickly during his ministry gathered around him people disciples, people he knew he was going to challenge, that he was going to just speak life and, and revelation into. And uh, I, I really think that, uh, excuse me, is there a water? If not, all right, we'll, we'll get a water. My mom quickly went, went for some water, being a very good mom. Um, my mother... Georgia Woodham. <laughs> mm. Thank you. All right. So um, the importance of him gathering those disciples uh, early on uh, should be important for us when we come in here to have relationship with one another. Um, and so just looking at this, this verse, Proverbs 27, 17, the reason I made this verse the focus of this morning as far as the, the main aspect. I'll take another. I'm thirsty. But the reason I made that the main focus is because um, oftentimes, because we're not necessarily seeing 1 Corinthians, uh, I'll make sure I get the verse right. Yeah, 14.26. The reason we're not seeing that play out uh, is partly because we're not, we're not sharpening each other the right way. And I'll even take it a step further. 
if you're in a point where you're just not seeing any growth, any, any kind of breakthrough, you're just in a lull. And we've all been there. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, probably because we're not sharpening one another. Um, so I, w- I really want to kind of break this verse down and really dig into what this verse is actually saying. Now, um, obviously, ironing, sharpening, iron. If something's being sharpened, you're sharpening either uh, a blade, whether it be a knife or a sword. So um, I have a picture of some iron swords. This is usually what, what jumps to my mind when I think of ironing, sharpening, iron. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I originally read this verse, I'm thinking, as iron sharpens iron, I'm a sword, you know, I'm, I'm meant to, to fight against the enemy. You're meant to fight against the enemy as well, so you're a sword. So ironing sharpened irons is just these two swords, and they're just clashing against each other, sparks flying, and somehow, magically, they're becoming sharp, which is not the case whatsoever when you sharpen a sword. If you do that, you're going to end up with some dull swords. So what does he mean by ironing sharpening iron if it's not talking about two swords sharpening one another? Well, the other iron is actually iron files. So they w- it would still iron, but they use files to, to, to vary. The process of, of sharpening sword was use an iron file to shape and hone that edge of the blade. And it was, it was precise, accurate strokes at a very specific angle, very smooth, methodical. And they may finish it up with some oils and maybe a whetstone to, to really give it a razor's edge. But that, that file, it's what's used to hone that edge. That's do- that does a lot of the work. So why is that important? Why does, why does understanding how, how they sharpen swords, why is, that, why is that relevant to understanding, hey, we're supposed to challenge one another? Well, some of the things that, that jump out in my mind is that, one, it's, it's, a, it's not a quick process. It's not like, you know, just like, you know, a chef who's just like sharpening a chef knife and it takes like 20 seconds. It was, it was a very methodical um, intentional process. So if we come here on Sunday mornings thinking we're going to get sharp, which don't get me wrong, sharpening can happen on a Sunday morning. Absolutely can. But if you're only relying on a couple of hours a week to sharpen yourselves, you're going to be fighting with a very dull blade. I'm just I'm letting you know. Sharpening happens outside of these walls. And the next thing that, that uh, I see when I'm looking at this and the, the understanding of the process is that it's, it's two separate things made of the same material. I think that's important. I think that, that kind of harks back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where it talks about we're, we're one body made up of many parts and each have their purpose. So I, I need someone who is different from me. Because your strengths are not necessarily my strengths. And I can learn from you. We need each other. So we need to be able to, to um, really just, just recognize in our lives where, where we're weak and recognize people who are strong in that area. Just on a, on a practical level, if I, if I have a computer issue or a question, I'm going I'm to talk to Jeremy or Jen back there because they, they I'm a caveman compared to them when it comes to electronics. I just, I don't know. Or if I need, if my money laundering business is gone under and I need legal help, I'm going to go to Alan because he's a lawyer. 
I don't have money laundering business, but um, if I if I have a, a, a musical kind of instrumental uh, lacking, I there are countless people in this church I can go to who are skilled, and I recognize they have a file that matches this edge that I'm trying to hone on my sword. Now, what does that look like spiritually? Now, maybe it's something as simple as, hey, I, I'm just very uncomfortable when it, ta- when it comes to either tongues or prophecy. Um, some of you may not know where you stand on that. It's biblical. I'll leave it at that. Um, if you're weak in these areas... You can, you can recognize people who are strong in this area. Karen Hale is probably one of the strongest prophetic uh, gifted people I know. So if, if I'm weak in that area, guess what? I'm going to spend time with, with Karen, and I want to be intentional about our time together. I mean, I love Dave and Karen. I love hanging out with them. But if I'm looking to get some kind of, of sharpening going on, I'm intentional about our, our times, our, our meetings together. Hey, I'm weak in this area. Can you help me? So the question this morning is, how are you going to keep yourself sharp? If we're, if we're wanting to uh, be a church where we see every service, we're all, bringing, we're all bringing our best. Again, some days God's going to tell you to rest, and that's fine. But nine times out of ten, we're, we're meant to come and we're meant to build each other up. We come and we expect to, to build each other up only on a Sunday morning. We're not doing it right. We're not doing it right. We're meant to, 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 to have life together. I understand time, time is a, a precious commodity, especially in our culture. It's, it's right up there with, you know, money. It's very valuable. I don't want to... I don't want to come off as, as if I'm trying to, to say, you need to, to like put all your time and effort into each other. That's, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when, when this is done right, when this is done well, it's life-giving. You'll want to spend time together. You will move stuff out of the way in your schedule to live life together, and challenge one another. That's, that's, that's the ideal. That's what, what it should look like. I, I want to be able to give you some practical, you know, um, applications maybe. You know, what, what, what would that look like practically? You know, I, I love how it's almost like the Christian, the Christian version of, hey, you want to go to a, go grab drinks at a bar is, hey, do you want to go grab some coffee? That's like the equivalent of, of for Christians, I mean, but and that works. If you if you want to grab coffee with someone, grab coffee with someone. It doesn't have to be a meal or, or you know a drink or whatever. They can simply say, "Hey, I've got this going on at the house. It's it's a project. Would you mind? Would you mind helping me out a little bit? You know, I'd love to. You know, we can talk, hang out, whatever. You know, or vice versa. If you see someone who needs help, but hey, can I help you with this? Because I, I would I would love you know. I'd love to talk to you about something, you know. It's about being intentional. It's about making uh, moments and opportunities. Um, anyways, 
this is this is a, a very uh, short message this morning. At least I, I, it felt it feels like I've only been up here five minutes. I don't know. Maybe y'all are ready for me to get down. I don't know. But um, I, I just feel like I feel like God wanted me to lay it out basically this morning and just present it. You know the the importance of us living life together and and sharpening each other about being intentional. It's not, a, it's not a quick thing we can come and, and do on a, on a Sunday morning. Expect to be in some kind of healthy uh, position spiritually. Um, so my challenge to you this morning is hey, recognize maybe some areas you're, you're weak in. And it doesn't even have to be areas you're weak in. You just recognize, hey, I don't, I don't see enough of my brothers and sisters during the week. Maybe make some time, you know. If we're meant to live life together, let's live life together. You'll stand with me. I'll pray. God, we just, I say, we, we, we love you, and we want to value what you value. And what you value is your bride. What you value is, is your church. And you want us to, to build one another up. Help us make that a priority. Help us to see with spiritual eyes each other in, in, in the spirit and recognize people, their, their strength, who, who you've created them to be. Help us to encourage one another and call out that, 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 that identity that you created in each other. God, I just ask that you will just help us make time. Help us make time, time for, for each other, uh, because we're, we're meant to do this together. You, you, you made that an example when you gathered your disciples because they became family. Now, you told John, take care of my mother. He wasn't even, he wasn't even blood-related. You had brothers you could have told, but you told John because he was family too. We're meant to be family with one another. God, we love you. We thank you. We just want to honor you this morning. and We, we want to reflect the values that you have. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you. We are the bride. We're the bride of Christ. Uh, when I first grabbed hold of that, um, there was a meeting that we had when this church decided it was going to um, associate with Northland's church. And in that, the, uh, the pastor from Northland's, Greg Haswell, commented about how that uh, when, the, when the groom and the bride uh, started out, the groom was taken by the father to go away and to create a, a house a space for the bride. But, but, he left attendance to the bride. And those attendants are each one of us. We're the ones who t teach the bride how to be the bride, how to be courageous, how to be, uh, you know, uh, the, the uh, housekeeper, how to be, uh, a swords person, if that's what the bride needs. Whatever the bride needs, 
we, the stewards of that, provide that. So I'm thankful today for Dave for talking about iron sharpening iron. We love each other. We sharpen each other. We sharpen each other through our love. So deeply grateful for that today and deeply grateful for y'all to be here. So again, just in the name of Christ, if y'all will go and have a wonderful week. If anybody needs prayer this morning, we're happy to do that. The worship team, or not worship team, but prayer team will be up here. Could be people from the worship team, but we'll be up here and we're happy to pray for you and whatever your needs are. Thank you much. Go and have a great weekend.